Is it going? It's going. Hey guys, welcome back to the Integral Fitness Podcast. This is Benjamin Rolnick and Mike Armstrong. Mikey, 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 and we're about to call George, George, Georgia, the Sarah up. Watch out for that tree. Um, in order to talk to him about uh, these integral fitness cards that are kind of like fortune cookie cards that we're about to create and uh, some other stuff too. So um, let's give him a call right now. All right, getting George on the line. I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, so you might potentially be on the uh, Integral Fitness podcast right now because Mike and I have been recording literally everything. And, okay. Um, I wanted to check in with you because we just uh, were at a Starbucks and I was talking to the lady making my coffee about Integral okay. Fitness. And, uh-huh. and I realized it would have been so nice if I could just drop off a, uh, an Integral Fitness card um, yeah, a blessing card. So I wanted to see if you got everything and what your thoughts were on that and um, where everything was at. I see. Am I on? Am I being recorded right now? You are. So don't say anything that you'll regret. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I finished the first side of the cards, and I'm trying to play with a few designs for the back side of the cards. Um, trying to find something that feels kind of natural, maybe a little bit muted. Um, and yeah, I'll run them by you once I have a few drafts done. Amazing. Oh, that's so yeah. exciting. Apparently, I'm not supposed to make a right turn here, but Mike told me to, so it's okay. that's what I'll gotcha. tell the police. What are you guys up to right now? <laughs> Mike told me to. Hey, George. It's Mike. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Good, good, yeah. Really how's, good. How's life make a right? <laughs> how's life make a right? Um, good, I woke up this morning. Uh, I'm doing this thing called Pick 3, where I have a list of different things I want to improve on, and as long as I pick three and do at least three of them for, like, 15 minutes a day, then I will have, you know, made progress and I'll, I'll feel good about that. Wow, that sounds really awesome. Oh, I love that. Pick three. Yeah. Holy shit, that should be an Instagram post. Pick three. <laughs> yeah. So today it was uh, running, meditation, and cooking, and I've knocked out those three, so I can kind uh, of do some other stuff. Running, meditation, and cooking? Yeah. Oh, running, comma, meditation, and cooking. I thought it was like a running meditation. <laughs> It's like when you run with a pan and you're kind of, you close your eyes and you flip an egg. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to do it in a really hot environment too, where the egg exactly. will just cook from straight sunshine. I'm trying to I'm trying to get it into the X Games, but they're not taking my application seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Keep trying. Like, that's how all great <laughs> innovations were born. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's not that far-fetched. You think about, like, I don't know vaulting or like the high jump i mean a lot of this stuff it's not it's graceful only because you're raised with it but you know like if someone were to propose that now like okay so i have this olympic sport you gotta jump really high over a bar yeah that's a good point take it you think Uh, that's a good point like like basically anything like like i've got an idea we're gonna we're gonna go on a, a frozen lake and we're gonna put these like razor blades on our feet and yeah we're just gonna like push forward as fast yeah. as we can and if my spins are more graceful than your spins, then I get the medal. Agreed? And how about we just uh, we just run forward, and whoever runs forward <laughs> the fastest wins. Wait, how did you how did you describe pole vaulting though? Because I, actually, when you said that, I had a really strong emotional reaction of nostalgia of like, holy shit, that's like the great American dream. <laughs> the, the pole vaulting. Yeah, it was uh-huh. like, it was something about like and try to jump over 
like as a high bar. of a bar as we can. I feel yeah. like that is that is America. Oh wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, this is like maximizing pursuit. Yeah, like we're always setting the bar higher and trying to jump over it. And like yeah. as an Olympic sport, like we get to like see who can raise the bar the highest and mm -hmm. have the highest standards and then succeed, right? It's like, oh my, it's like the perfect metaphor. It's not even a sport, it's just a metaphor. <laughs> Competitive metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sheesh. Once you make it to the top, you just fall. You fall down hard. Ooh, yeah, and no matter what happens, no matter how high you jump, you're always going to fall back to the ground. Ooh. Well, it's kind of like Henry Nielsen's, um, like, sort of, I, I, I don't know what you'd call it, because it's like an animation slash short story slash song called The Point, right? Mm. About, um, I forgot what the guy's name is, um, and uh, his, his little dog, but... Um, like everything in the land. Did you guys see that children's story? Mm -mm. It's sort of like before our time a bit, um, but it's mm. freaking brilliant. And you know, everything has a point in the land of the point. And uh, this, this, uh, his name is something, we'll just call him Mully. He has sort of a round head, so he doesn't have a point, right? So like he sort of mm -hmm. goes on a quest through the pointless forest in order to actually find his point in life. And, uh, as, as I continue talking about it, right, it starts to make a little bit more sense about what the metaphor is, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you go on a journey through the pointless forest, you just wander through it, and then he found his point in life, like, um, it's, uh, it's pretty, wait, you just pointed to the right and said get to the left. No, getting to the left lane. Okay. Not all the way left, but just one. Oh, man, anyways, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I... I, I have to say it because it was in my head that um, when you spoke about like that sort of rule of three or what'd you call it again? Something about uh, three? Pick three. Pick three. Yeah. What I was thinking to myself is this like Mark Twain quote about um, eat a frog in the morning or eat two frogs where it's like you just get done the hardest thing that you can as soon as you can yeah. and everything else feels easier. Oh, absolutely. And you just feel better about yourself throughout the day. Like, I, I don't know, I could be a slob, but I know that, I, you know, at least I went for a run and I meditated. Nice. Yeah. Slay the dragon. Yeah. Yeah. The next the next item on the agenda is doing a little bit of reading. I'm uh, going to a Black Lives Matter LA chapter meeting later on in uh, Inglewood around five. Wow. So I'm just going to take care of a few things before that. Right on. What's bringing you there? No, just recent events, and I also just want to understand like where they are in terms of policy, like what policy they're trying to push forward that's live right now. Like, what are some concrete steps I can do uh, that like operate within the institution, that operate within passing laws? Like, how can I help, basically? That's rad. Yeah. When uh, when when you go, we can we can uh, record another podcast so that you can talk about it. Hmm. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, I I, uh, I got to figure out how I feel about that first because one of the things that I think is really interesting about this movement and there's a lot there's a lot of white voices speaking for black voices and I I, I I'm still wondering and I'm still feeling out like how much I want to voice versus amplify other people's voices. Mm, yeah, right on. Wow. Yeah. One thing I appreciate about about you, George, is that is that you have um, you have such sociological sensitivity. Thank you. I appreciate that. Especially with what you shared in Circle the other night, where it was just like, it really, it really hit me. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that resonated with you. Uh, I'm very grateful that I've had like the opportunities and the experiences that have like opened my eyes to it and then me feel it because uh, I definitely grew up being kind of immune to it, kind of like developing an, an apathy from comfort. So being exposed to it, it's like uh, that, that that recent Holocaust survivor, what was his name? Eli? Eli something? I forget. Wiesel? What? Wait, Eli Wiesel? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. What about him? He, the, Oh, he, he has this quote, you know, it's like to, to, to listen to a witness is to become a witness or something like that. Oh, wow. What does that mean to you? I, I mean, it's just when you, when you hear about somebody's injustices that are like, when you hear about injustices that are being committed towards like people or groups of people, if you, it's, when you hear that story, it, it, it you no, know, you can't be a bystander anymore. You know, like it's, it's, uh, it just be, I don't know, at least for me, when I hear these kind of stories, uh, it like, really revs up a drive that makes me question like what what my life is oriented towards and like whether or not it actually matters because uh, you know like i don't know any kind of monetary success kind of pales in comparison to alleviating human struggling well it's kind of like a joke right because the inherent desire maybe in monetary success is to alleviate suffering Mm. yeah i mean i guess it just really depends on your intent i think intent's like a big thing i've been thinking about a lot lately intent is what is what drives your actions and as long as you can focus on conditioning your intent i feel like the the actions will follow like the appropriate actions will follow yeah on another podcast we had uh, my friend heidi talk Mm -hmm. and she mentioned this quickly but ultimately like the greek word for universal love was agape and the idea behind agape what it truly means is understanding that everyone is doing the best they can from the information they have right Mm -hmm. so like so you know, there's just, there's so much positive intent actually truly out there, but so many ignorant, um, strategies to achieving the ultimate aims. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I I was having a good conversation with my friends last night about that. And, and, you know, sometimes it can feel like a waste of energy to like, just throw yourself at something and not really know if it's like going to affect the larger picture. But a lot of times I think that also creates a justification for our own paralysis where, we think like, okay, this isn't like the bigger picture thing that's actually going to solve all the problems. So I'm going to avoid involving myself in this at all. So it's, it's, it's a fine line to walk, you know, like there's arguments on both sides about whether or not this is the most meaningful or the most optimal work you could be doing to alleviate suffering or not. Uh, but just, it's important to be aware of our own uh, stagnation in the process as we sit with our own indecision. So what I, I took this Vipassana retreat at the end of last year and uh, it's like this 10-day silent meditation uh, retreat. And mm-hmm. it, it was so funny because, I, like, I love how synchronicity works. So Einstein has a great quote that coincidence is just God's way of staying anonymous. And what, <laughs> um, what happened was, like, before the silence started, I was talking to this guy there named Charles. And very interesting guy. And we were like the only two bearded guys there. We started having a conversation and we found out that we both were like involved in MKP, which is like an organization which radically changed my life. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and that, you know, like we, like we, we sort of it, like based a lot of the, the transformation circle stuff that we do with Integral Fitness on. Um, a lot of the, like the beautiful, beautiful organization. So like we're both MKP guys, we're having this deep conversation about kind of changing the world. And, you know, he was in a place of being very like, you know, 
uh, in Spiral Dynamics, like, his values were green, meaning, like, he mm-hmm. wanted everyone to be at peace in the world, and he was, he kept saying that there were, like, 300 species that are going extinct every day, and he was, like, you know, really disturbed by it, and, like, his mm-hmm. spirit about it was, was, I think, much more red to blue, if you're familiar with Spiral Dynamics, where it was just, like, he was angry, and he wanted people to change. Just, like, there were a lot of people who kind of, they, they're for, like, the green movement, but, mm-hmm. but they're really, like, closet red people. They're really closet, like, power gods who want to just, mm. like, hurt and destroy. But they, they're doing it in the name of good, just like, you know, ISIS is doing it in the name of good. You know, like... Yeah. <laughs> it's just that their, their values are much more culturally relevant to most, like, you know, educated people in the West. But, mm-hmm. um... But anyways, like, he was coming at it from, like, this really angry place, and part of him was really defeated, and I I remember, like, thinking at the beginning of it, because we ended up actually being assigned to be roommates, too, where it's just like, what the fuck are the chances of that? And I remember (laughs) thinking at it from the very beginning, like, I'm not sure if this guy is going to last, like, he's dealing with (laughs) so much, like, anger, and, like, so much shame around his own ability to, like, change the whole world. And he kept telling himself this story and like, he was like, he didn't know he was telling himself this story, but I heard it so clearly that, Mm. that unless he could change the entire world and radically shift everything today, we were all fucking doomed that it was all for naught. And Mm. what I couldn't help but think is that, is that that's such a disempowering belief. And one of the things that I think I heard you say a minute ago um, or at least it's in the spirit of what you said was that mm-hmm. essentially it's about doing something good. Like that's it. It's just about doing yeah. one little tiny good thing. Not about like changing the whole freaking world by one action. It's not about getting from like zero to a hundred. It's about getting from zero to one. And, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and like, I just see so many people crippled by like their desire to like change the entire world that they end up doing nothing because changing mm-hmm. the world is too hard. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I ranted True. about that, but I mean, no, I just, no, no. Like, I, I think it's an excellent point, and I think it provides a lot of clarity. And I like that you said, it, you know, it was in the spirit of what I was saying because that is exactly, you know, what I'm trying to get at. Is uh, it is disempowering? It is disempowering when you feel like you you can't move the whole boulder instead of just chip away at one part of it. And, uh, and the joke is, yeah. then those people end up doing destructive shit that's so yeah. counterproductive to their original mission. And it's yeah. like, it's like crap like if you'd only just stuck with it and done something good you actually would have been contributing towards the very conclusion that you want to manifest anyway <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> oh man yeah it's, it's, it's pretty interesting i've been i've been like thinking a lot about just political cynicism in, in general and i think that it's it's just interesting um it's for example, a lot of people on my Facebook page, they're saying like, okay, I'm logging off of Facebook for a while. Like the, the opinions I'm seeing here are like really uninformed and everyone is just becoming a word warrior. And uh, it's like really that. easy for people to, to dismiss like uh, people's suffering, people's grief. And uh, I was like doing a little bit of writing on this and just thinking about how like, like these words are important. Like these words are part of the small thing. Like if it's not necessarily everyone getting together and writing their, their representative, these words still matter because they are left out of our history books. These words still matter because, uh, like, our government fails to educate us, so we have to educate each other. 
these words still matter because their absence like is what's leading to the death and murder of like several i mean several hundred Ooh. black people per year uh and so like uh, right now i think what i'm trying to do with my time is engage uh in conversation with people that aren't uh of the black community to help them understand and get over their own cynicism because i feel like it's a projection on their own end of, of their own powerlessness their own disempowerment and i want them to understand like you know saying something is okay saying something is important like engaging in the conversation being wrong learning you know and helping other other people through the process is really important wow yeah I, I, white white apathy is very real and i think that people don't like to address it and i think social media has held up this mirror to our society and showed us our blind spots like it's reintroduced america to itself and uh yeah it's, it's an uncomfortable whoa, process whoa, whoa, whoa. And, so don't just gloss over that social media has helped reintroduce america to itself hmm. that is a powerful quote I've never heard anyone say that before. What I've heard most people say is social media is the bane of 21st century existence, <laughs> not it's the mirror for it. Well, yeah, I mean, it is the mirror because it's basically like there was a monoculture beforehand where like the people that own the broadcasting stations would project information down to the people. And so only things that were like crisis level would make it to like larger audiences uh, which is why you saw a bunch of white people join the civil rights movement in the March in Selma because they, ha- they finally got the opportunity to see the suffering firsthand after it's been ha- after it's happened for so long. And now, instead of a top-down approach with social media, you see a bottom-up approach where uh, events are serving as catalysts. And it's unfortunate that these events are the deaths of you know many black lives. But uh, these individual communities all over the place are connecting with each other through the internet, and it's a it's a much more bottom-up movement. And uh, it's exhausting. I mean, it's just really discomforting. It's really exhausting. And like everyone that comes to Facebook expecting like, you know, some more content sludge, it's, it's getting in the way of the regularly scheduled programming and uh, it's making them uncomfortable and it's making them upset and it's making them exhausted. And, you know, uh, my feeling towards that is like, good, like this is what people go through every day. Like you have to empathize with these feelings. Um, Yeah. So I, I, I think like social media can be a really addictive platform and it can be the bane of the 21st century because they literally hire behavioral psychologists to make you more addicted to it. But like every tool like has its purpose as well. And um, social media serves a very, very powerful purpose, I think, in our modern society. Oh, wow. All right. I'm drinking that in. I, I feel I feel with, quenched yeah. by that by that <laughs> juice of wisdom today. <laughs> yeah, I'll stop, I'll stop ranting. I gotta I gotta get to washing some dishes in this in this house of mine. You should add that to your top three list because I mean, <laughs> you know, God. Like, I, by the way, does it count if you add things that you were just gonna do anyways? <laughs> what dishes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I think, I, I think that'd be cheating yourself. You know, I'm right now I'm, I'm playing with the, the formula a little bit. I'm thinking that every time I, I finish a top three for the day, I'll put like $1 in like a savings bucket. And then after like a month or so, I'll buy myself something nice. So like my positive actions lead to like a nice reward. So here, here's one of like the most important lessons I've ever adopted in my own life. And mm-hmm. I call it one, one versus zero. Like one is better than zero. And what I mm-hmm. learned is, and this comes from like sailing, is that essentially like one degree off course doesn't make a big difference over the course mm. of like an inch or a foot. 
but it makes a huge difference over the course of a mile or 10 miles or a hundred miles yeah. or a thousand miles. It's the difference between Christopher Columbus <laughs> traveling yeah. to try to reach India and coming to America, right? Yeah. So, um, so one is always better than zero. And if I can make one step of progress in the areas of my life that matter most consistently, yeah. then over the course of, you know, a year, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm 365 days in and I've done way more than I would have done if I had just done nothing. Right. So yeah. like, it doesn't matter how much it was. It just matters that I did something and that mm -hmm. something will always make a difference. Yeah, I, I completely hear you. And, and that something will always add up to something larger. That's uh, I'm working. I, I told you before, I'm working on this small book called Activate, which is about like giving people places to start to help them understand and like care about themselves as they improve their lives. I think that one for zero is awesome. It's something that would fit right in. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, the way I, the way I see it is I, I call it like celebrating small victories. Uh, and it's basically the same principle. It's just like um, I didn't exercise too much while I was in college. And I, sometimes I can be hard on myself right now for not exercising enough. But when I reflect, I've, I've been exercising like more regularly. If I take a look at the, the six month view, these past six months, I've exercised more than I probably have all throughout college. Um, and that's a, that's a small victory worth celebrating. Yeah. And it's like those small steps every single day. Yeah. And, and by the way, with that said too, it's so, the reason why it's important <laughs> to celebrate <laughs> those small wins is because mm -hmm. it, it's, it's very demotivating if instead of celebrating like, you know, the, the one inch that you've made, like basically criticizing yourself for, you know, the 11 inches you missed. So yeah. I think that, uh, that, that there's always more that we could have done. There's always something else that could have happened, but if that's what we're focusing on, oh my goodness. I mean, it's just like, that's, that's one of the most demotivating perspectives oh, yeah. anyone can ever adopt. Yeah. Uh, just a quick last note when I was young and, or younger and I saw, and I would talk to adults or I'd ask them how their day was going. They'd always say this thing. They'd always say, Oh, you know, I'm just taking it a day at a time. I'm just taking it a day at a time. And to me, it always seemed kind of like this cliche expression, you know, they're just taking a day at a time. Because I feel like when you're in school, everything is happening around you and there's all these amazing things going on and people are grabbing your attention. And so, uh, every, I don't know, it seems like it's, you don't really need to take things a day at a time. You're kind of just in this grand moment. But now that I'm like out of school and I'm, you know, doing the routine of going to work every day and coming home, and having the space to myself to figure out what I want to do with my time, I really am taking it a day at a time. I'm really just trying to think about um, what can I do right now to, that, that'll feel fulfilling in the moment and make me happy tomorrow as well. Yeah. And yeah, I just think like, it's funny. I, I think a lot of this past year has been me realizing all the cliches you hear, like when you're growing up or cliches for a reason, they almost be, you almost become desensitized to them, but they also hold like the nuggets of the most truth. Well, it's just that truism that, that we oftentimes don't want to look into the mirror, right? If mm. something like the truer something is and the more, how do I put it? The more, um, the more penetrating it is about the parts of ourselves that we hide, repress or deny or don't want to look at, then, mm -hmm. then the more we're just going to dismiss it. Right. Yeah. It's like, and cliches, I mean, the reason why most people balk at them is because is because they're true. Like, I mean, how many people <laughs> who hate love poems have loveless lives? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, nobody who's, like, fucking in love with life and blissed out and just, like, shining will, like, mm -hmm. listen to a love poem and vomit, 
right? It's usually yeah. people who are like, love doesn't exist. It's not real. I've been hurt before. My parents abandoned me. Like if my <laughs> first love broke my heart that are like, oh, don't give me a love poem. That's bullshit. Yeah. It's like, yeah. there's a great quote about love. Those who know it, show it. Those without it, doubt it. Mm. Wow. So. It's, it, it's it, the fact that it arrives. I feel like it like kind of makes the cynic in me like also balk at it, but it's so good. It's like it's it's a really good it's a really good statement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's the, the you know the 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 things we need the most are often the bitterest pills to swallow. Yeah. Right? Like when you're not exercising, it is so hard to start. Oh man, yeah. Speaking so to that point, right? Because you need it more. Right. Like mm -hmm. if like if it's difficult to touch your toes, that means it's really important to touch your toes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So true. So. So, true. so anyways, it was uh, it was good catching up, by the way, before starting this, um, you know, I, I was like, oh, like I, I mentioned at the beginning that the reason why we called was I wanted to hand out these integral fitness cards to someone at Starbucks. Like and mm -hmm. it's just like it's so clear to me how good of an idea it is to have these blessing cards where we can promote integral fitness and our mission and what we're doing, but also leave somebody a blessing at the same time. Oh, and, uh, and before we called, Mike was like, let's record this because, you know, who knows, we could add it to our podcast. And I was thinking to myself, okay, this would be a business call. Like, you know, we'd get like the business out of the way. Maybe we talk about something interesting and like, sure enough, like, like I, but I feel like this is my life. I, you know what I like, I like <laughs> in my life, like this always happens, you know, it's like, yeah, I take yeah. a client of mine to go meet with, um, you know, I, I don't know how much I can say. I, someone very important. And mm -hmm. yes, we talk about music. Yes, we talk about business. But it ends up <laughs> also being a conversation about Tony Robbins <laughs> and empowering <laughs> our lives. <laughs> you know, like, that's just my yeah. life. Like, it's all about, like, how to make life better, even when it's about business. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I mean, and also, I just think people are hungry to... I mean, myself included. I just didn't like to really connect and talk about things that are, are more meaningful or, you know, just describe the world around us. I, I don't know. I, one thing I really liked about the Conscious Family Dinners was that the, the the questions you had people asking other people they're just meeting, you know, like new strangers in their lives are really intimate and, and it skips the small talk and it goes straight to like who they are as a person and what they value and what they care about. What was a question that, that you remember that that um, hit you? The one question I liked a lot uh, when we had a partner and we were sitting down with that partner and only talking about ourselves and not giving advice uh, was the question where you asked, what is the one thing that you are afraid that you will like never have in your life? Something mm. along those lines. Wow. Wow. And I, I love questions like that. Cause I, I, some people, it's really hard for them to address these kind of things and especially like double hard to talk to a stranger about it. But um, yeah, I, I love thinking about that kind of stuff. I love throwing it on the table. Uh, and talking about, you know, what is this one thing I'm afraid that I will never fulfill in my life? And like, mm. what does it reflect about me and my own upbringing that like makes me afraid that I won't be able to achieve this? And it's it's so fun just to like, I don't know, wrestle with your demon in this mud pit. Wow, mm. dude, that just brought up so much stuff. I feel like we were going to end this 10 minutes ago because we want to go to Chipotle and finish some videos. But <laughs> you just brought up yeah. so many things right now about like the CFD that I want to ask you. But one of them like just a quick point around that is that there was a, there was a question that, um, that, that, that I introduced in circles like about a year ago, which was, mm -hmm. which was like, what are you most afraid to share right now? Like what, mm -hmm. what, what is the one thing that you're most afraid to share with the other people in this circle right now? 
And mm-hmm. I actually, I brought that up to ask at like the first, um, like big night where, where we had about 40 people in four different circles for, um, like mm-hmm. the birth of, of like the first iteration of integral fitness, which we called circle together. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it was such a powerful question and we've been through so many different iterations of transformation circles, but literally last week at a um, circle that Grace led on Thursday, she began the circle check-in with, and what are you most afraid to share with us right now? And, hmm. uh, uh, wait, was that, was that on Thursday? No, that wasn't on Thursday. I don't Thursday. think it was Thursday. Maybe yeah. Wednesday? Yeah, I think that was Wednesday. Um, cause you were at that one, right? I was at Thursday, so I didn't, I didn't hear the... Oh, yeah, no, okay, right yeah, now. that was Wednesday. And, yeah. uh, and, and it was just like, oh, man, it's such a good question because when, like, I fully answered it, I stepped into it, and I said the most, th- the thing that I'm most afraid of sharing anytime, anywhere, at any point, it's like, it's like my biggest problem. And if I had mm-hmm. one problem, like, this is the only thing that haunts me. It's not even real, but it haunts me. And I shared mm-hmm. it and I got it out and it was just like, now it's in front of me. It's not behind me oh, anymore. Yeah. It's in front of me. I can deal with it. It's not that bad. I just survived. Nobody loved me any less. I got mm-hmm. it out. And it's like, huge. yeah, it's, it's freaking, it's so huge. So like, so I, I feel that. And, and I guess, um, a question that I have for you is, is around like the CFDs. Um, shoot, I had, I had a real question around that. Um, that's all right. I mean, if you can't remember now, we'll save it for another podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, gosh, what was it? It was, it was around like what we're doing with them and and how we're going to modify them. Um, Mm. I mean, in fact, like one of the things that, that Mike and I were talking about, actually, we might as well just throw that in here. It'd be interesting. Like if anyone, if we actually publish this and anyone listens to it, how they could like track maybe like how we developed this technology in these circles. But like, you know, one of the things that I found about our transformation circles is that even on Thursday, which was like, which was, I think like the best format that we played with so far, which was like a mm-hmm. mix between a sharing circle and a facilitation circle with enough, mm-hmm. um, with enough sort of opportunity for serendipity. Mm-hmm. It still is like, is so deep and so real and so powerful that that I don't know if people are encouraged to bring their friends because they want it for themselves and they might be afraid that like, they don't want their friend to quite know all these things about them, which they would want to share with this group of new people. And I see it as, as a real problem for us to continue bringing this work, um, and like integral fitness to more people. Because if like, if I want, if I can't share what we're doing, if I can't share what I'm doing with my friends, then we're not going to grow as an organization. So mm-hmm. one of the thoughts behind it was to actually take the conscious family dinner format, which is much more like any number of people, group sharing, group processes, not like individual one-on-one deep ass facilitation work and mm-hmm. actually make that much like seed that much more into the format of these transformation circles so mm-hmm. that, so that they're a little bit less deep and confronting and transformational, mm-hmm. but they're more fun and, and people still get the juice. And then we save like that deep ass work for more experienced people who, who really want it as a next step. I see. How does that hit Interesting. you? Interesting. Uh, the way it hits me is I, I, I think right now 
there is a healthy balance that already exists. And I know obviously we can make tweaks to improve it, but to me, the conscious family dinner is exactly that. Like I met a lot of people that night that had said, oh, I came here because a friend just told me about it and I wanted to see what it was about. Uh, as someone that attends circles, it's a really good primer to bring a friend through that first and see if they like it before inviting them to like come to visit a circle, like a more intimate circle. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so I, what I heard you say was basically that you like just exactly the way we're doing it now. Yeah, because the conscious family dinner provides that that in between that you're talking about having something a little bit more fun. I, I think that you've uh, really worked hard to create uh, a good experience for the the, the in depth circles that people uh, go to on a weekly basis. And so, I, I think to pull back on that when it's the main thing that people are coming for is this very real connection um, would be kind of like you know uh, putting a little bit of the magic you've worked so hard to to present aside for a bit. And I I, I personally wouldn't want that to be removed. I would just, uh, well, but that's what I'm thinking is that, is that like, yeah. so you know the difference, right? But like yeah. somebody coming in for the first time, like yeah. we could do processes that, that aren't quite as like going into like, where like huge pieces of childhood trauma could be like transformed or healed and like, mm-hmm. and it'll still feel super juicy for people. Yeah. Um, and like, and like, I don't think anyone who's had the full fledged experience will like, will want to go back, but I'm thinking like for future, you know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah. then, cause there's even deeper places we can go than what we're going to in our transformation circles. But like, yeah, does that make sense? Like, um, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I feel like to answer your question, then there's just, you just have to like start throwing out different ideas and filling them out. One idea is you have like, uh, you have one day of the week that are more lighthearted circles where the questions don't get that intense. So they're a little bit more like over facilitated, to make sure that things are uh, not getting too deep and they remain juicy, like you're saying. And those are the ones that, you know, you encourage people that come to regular circles to bring their friends to and, and they come with as well. And they can have like a shared experience where they open up to each other a little yeah. bit more, but it's never going to be that deep. Like, for example, right? Like an, a group exercise we could do is like, we could even give people pen and paper and we could say like, you know, like write down like what the mask you wear, like write down like and describe the mask you wear in day-to-day life. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, people like share it. We might do dyads. They could, you know, then eventually share with the whole group. And then basically we ask another question and say like, who are you behind your mask? Right. Which is a real story check-in. It's basically the same thing. And then people can write that and then share that. And it'll go deep. Like, you know, there are people that show up to our circles and it's already such a powerful container just to be there that like, they just start crying. Like they just like, they just, their hearts open. They're weeping. Like, before the check-in, you know? So like, yeah, yeah. So we don't need to do too much in order to like make it juicy. But, um, but, but then we're not bringing people to a place where it's like, you know, cause everyone's got childhood trauma. Everyone's got their like scariest thing in the world to talk about. And mm-hmm. when, and it's so easy to bring people there and it's important to, because if they don't do that, then they don't heal that. And it haunts them the rest of their life. It's just that like, yeah, you know, I'm an exception. Like I do this, I do this stuff with my mom. Um, but most people like they're, they're mortified to even admit that they, that they have something to work on. So like, Uh you know, let alone like doing it in front of like a coworker or their best friend or, you know, like someone they respect. Yeah. That's, that's pretty interesting. You know, part of the facilitation for these, you know, more facilitated, uh, experiences where people bring their friends, uh, could be purposefully pairing 
maybe at the end or in the beginning, depending on where you see fit, pairing the people with the friends they came with. And so the experience isn't just about opening up with a bunch of strangers, but it's about like, like you bring your friend because you want to get closer with them. Yeah, it's cool. Well, I guess I guess what I'm saying is that is that like everything we do will bring you closer to your friend. It's just mm-hmm. like the difference between going to like an entry level yoga class where it's like, yeah, if you got like if you're not flexible and you're not in shape, like you could still do it. Versus showing yeah. up to a yoga class where it's like level like ten, you know, where like oh, people absolutely. are doing poses. Absolutely. Where it's just like you, it's difficult to even follow along. Like after like thirty minutes, you're just like, "Wow, this was too difficult for me," you know. Yeah. And I and I and I, that's what I'm playing with is like, is that I think that we our our circles are intense. They're like they're for people who are ready for like running fifty thousand miles, you know, and doing an ultra marathon, and they're they want to get super emotionally fit and mentally and spiritually fit, whereas you know, some people coming in, like they're, they're at the level of never exercised before, you know, like, yeah, yeah. yeah you gotta start slow. Gotta start slow. It's like someone was saying <clears throat> at our conscious family dinner, one of the friends I invited that like, if, if we just said like, okay, come on in and now like stare at in the stranger's eyes for three minutes, he said he would have been really weirded out and he just wouldn't have been into it. But the, the dyads, when there are two people together and you asked each question and it started light and it slowly went deeper and deeper, once it got to a point where it's like, okay, now just like stare silently into this person's eyes, just like um, offering them love just through your eyes. He said, like, he felt so comfortable doing it. So there's definitely, there's definitely an element of, of easing people into it and like really holding their hand through this mm-hmm. process. So like doing deep work, like deep work that happens in the circles uh it, it's kind of intense and it's a little weird for people who just hop right into it so i think i think yeah, there's yeah. definitely a nice flow that can be done yeah absolutely yeah you said it if no one's seen like because because where our people are like some of them are really highly trained um you know from like purple belts to black belts in different modalities and like so we're pulling and dump a bunch of different shit and like not all of it is like this but like when psychic surgery takes place and like, you know, like somebody's got a deep, like a deep thing that needs the deep thorn that can be pulled out. Like we have the skills to do that. And our, our facilitators are going to come in and like, we're going to do that. Cause that's like, that's what we do. Like that. We know that's important, but like mm-hmm. that, that should Like people don't know that. Like they've, if they've never seen psychic surgery before and they've never, they don't even know that that's possible because they've been exposed to a paradigm of like psychology where it's like you talk about your problems 50 times for like five years and maybe they get better. Maybe they don't. Whereas like we dive right in and we like, we rescript it. You know do what you I wanna, mean? Do you want to yeah. explain what psychic surgery is? Oh, I, I like, I sort of forgot that like, people might actually be listening to this. I can't, people, people I, might by the way, this. if there is somebody right now who is listening to this, who is like from the Midwest or like has never met one of us before and, and you're still listening at this point, like it was, <laughs> this was interesting enough that like, you're actually still listening because you're not part of integral fitness leadership team or whatever. I want you to email one of us and like, and the code word is Red Robin. Red so, Robin. so like Red Robin, like say Red Robin in the email. Like tell us about yourself because I want to meet you. I want to know who you are because if you cared enough about what we're saying to listen this far, like 
Like, I mean, we want to just like, I want to just give you everything. Like, I want you to like know exactly what we're doing. I want to train you. <laughs> like, and that, and that's, that's dedication, you know? And that is con- <laughs> contact at integralfitness.org. Contact at integralfitness.org. Yeah, good call. Good call. Gosh, that's like real. How, like, how deep are we in? And I don't know if we're going to release like everything that we just recorded as one podcast. So this would be like an hour and a half in, you know, like they'd be deep <laughs> in for the Red Robin. Um, so, so what psychic surgery is. So like, you know, it, it's so my experience of, of diving into this type of transformation work was I didn't know what the fuck it was. I show up to a transformation circle and basically, like, a process like this is ra- was ran on me. And I always looked at that as, like, the best way to be introduced. Like, don't, like, hear about it. Don't look it up. Just experience it. Because it was so shocking after, like, having studied every single transformation modality. Like, literally, uh, like, this is my life's obsession. It's my life's passion. From, like, pop, you know, pop psychology to deep-ass philosophy and I'd never seen this type of work before. Like I'd never seen people take somebody through like a psychic surgery type process. And like what the, that, that's just a, a name. It's a catch all phrase. It's like saying it's like meditation. Like when I say, oh, I meditate, like it doesn't really explain anything because there's a million ways to meditate, but like, exercise. Mm-hmm. yeah, or like exercise, right? Like there's a million ways to exercise, but, but basically like I, what I mean in that is is it's a process that incorporates like a form of psychodrama or splits or bioenergetics or, you know, bucketing or rescripting or, you, you know, have to then go back and define every single one yeah. of those as well. I feel like I'm like giving that red Robin person just like a pathway to explore more. Cause like, we'll just do like another podcast. So like, if you want to know about that stuff, like then like really they should sign up for their integral fitness coaching program. Cause like then we could literally train them and how to do these things yeah, I think that'd and we'll be have good. more and more, more transformational leaders on this planet who can literally like take shadow and transmute it into gold, not just for themselves, but for others. And that's my mission. Like, like God, like if everybody had those skills, we would have far less problems on this planet because instead of seeing a problem as someone else's fault, we could be able to see it as like an energetic force that can just be shifted and massaged and released. So, um, So with psychic surgery, like, for example, I'm trying to think if, uh, um, so I, like, like, give me a problem, like, give me an example problem. It's easier like that. I mean, you brought up childhood abuse earlier. Um, okay. So, so gosh, there's so many ways of dealing with this. So we'll, we'll, we'll do, we'll do emotional abuse. Um, okay. cause that's easier to deal with. I mean, both, anything could be dealt with, but like, let's just say that, um, that I was okay. Perfect. Right. So like, so I felt I, I was carrying around some wound and, and this is real because, you know, my mother would be late for like picking me up after school. And, uh, like I have one memory about her literally like showing up at like after dark. So I was waiting outside of school until after dark and I was afraid and I was cold and I didn't know where she was and I was angry. And you know, it's just like, and I felt, I felt abandoned and worthless and all of these um, deep ass emotions. Right. So like Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's something real in my head. That's, that's like, that's a real experience that I continue to re 
present, represent in my psyche that has an emotional impact on me. And the emotional yeah. impact is not just when I think about it. The emotional impact is when I think about my mom, when I think about like my expectations of other people, my expectations and love relationships, like it could go deep. It could go to my ability to perform in business and show up as, as the strongest, powerful version of myself. Like my ability to rely on other people, like God, there's so much tied up into like just one little tiny experience because it's not what happened to me. It's about how I represent that experience to myself, right? Like where I can't trust other people or the people I love will let me down, whatever it is. So there's one way of dealing with this where it's like, I could talk to you guys about it, right? I could talk about how, you know, I had this experience and how it made me feel and the images, sorry, the messages and the judgments and the belief about the world and other people that I took on through this experience. And that's what most 20th century psychology and philosophy would have me do. They would have me talk about it. They would have me change my story where I could literally say to myself, well, Oh, like I could look at my mom as being like, you know, somebody who like didn't respect me and, you know, my humanity and instead think to myself, wow, she was a busy, powerful woman who was like securing my future and her future in a tough and critical world, doing the best that she could with the information that she had. And it wasn't a personal thing where she didn't love me any less, but it was out of her own ignorance and, and basically see, and I could even do a visualization where I see her as like, you know, a little child who was wounded by her parents and her parents were wounded by their parents because literally just three generations ago, you know, we had two world wars, like people experienced, you know, it's like, fuck, like we didn't live in the utopia we live in now. (laughs) We didn't even have the internet, you know, it's like, holy shit, like, you know, so, so there's a lot of generational wounding and lineage wounding there. And like, that's deep work. Like, you know, that'll bring me to a place and that'll clear stuff. And that's important work that needs to be done. And that is part of psychic surgery, but then we could take it one step even deeper. And I can literally take those voices, those invisible voices, which I might not even be aware of that are in my psyche, constantly representing this image to me. And they could either be like the voices themselves, or it could actually be the scene that I am continuously playing out in my head. And I can mm-hmm. re-script it. I can literally go talk to those voices in the phys- in physical reality, or I can see that scene playing out in physical reality. And then I can modify the actual scene which will change the representation of what that of what happened in my actual mind and my unconscious mind. So my conscious mind might be like this is this is a bullshit simulation like there there are people out there playing these voices. This isn't real. But the thing is is that nothing is real anyways. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that moment yeah. that I'm re- representing like of my mom running late to pick me up, that isn't real either. It's just a memory. And that memory could have actually been very different. Like the reality oh, yeah. of what happened could be very different from how I'm remembering it. So like Yeah, I mean the, the memory is imbued with emotion that kind of gives it its own texture. You're I think you're just kind of changing what that memory is imbued with. Exactly. So what I can do is I can actually remove the emotional charge from it by by really going into the moment and and like I said like changing it like 
you know, scrambling it, adding new voices, new understandings, like talking to my mom, like having the opportunity to literally talk during that moment. And it mm. brings up emotions in me right now. Like, because I know, like I've done this so often that I know that if I confronted like my mental reality of her in that situation, I would have approached her angry and sad, really, really more hurt and sad and afraid. And if she had an opportunity to respond to me, she would be sad and, and afraid too because she didn't want to do that to me. Like she didn't want mm-hmm. to hurt me. She just, you know, she she was going through her own crisis at the time, you know. Yeah. And uh, and we would have made. And then in that moment, we could make peace. And instead of holding that memory of her, and in fact, like I've done this so many times, I like feel this happening in me while I'm saying it. Like instead of holding that memory of her with anger and with shame and with sadness. Instead, I can hold it with love and compassion and, and now represent it in my mind where it's like, this was a truly bonding experience where I got to understand her pain. She got to understand mine. And instead Mm -hmm. of driving us farther apart, it drives us closer. Mm. Yeah. And that's, that's the surgery right there. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Surgery on the psyche. Mm Mm-hmm. That was a that was a really good succinct description of uh, your own experiences and and how you can transform them. I feel like that, that could be a, a standalone podcast on its own. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll just take people through like self directed surgery operations. The only thing is that is that that's that's what I'm trying to say though is that it's like any visualization that I can do is actually not the same. It's not as powerful as as actually running the process in real mm. life. And I, I, I can't describe it. It's just like when it's real, it's just fucking real. Like, like what I can visualize in my head is never going to be as powerful as what I can truly experience with my physical body. And then when I think back on that moment, then it's going to be more potent for me, right? Like, cause it's not a visualization. It's actually a real moment that I can refer back to in my memory and I can feel mm-hmm. and touch as opposed to just thinking I felt and touch it. And and I'm saying this mm. not from the perspective of like theory. I'm saying this from the perspective of actually being, I, I consider myself a self-proclaimed expert of the mind, meaning like, mm-hmm. like I've studied the mind and I've studied learning and I've studied memory and, and the memories that I create, like the way that I've hacked my memory is not through like visualizing places I've been to and using them as memory palaces, but by going to places and using mm-hmm. my real experience as a as a home for new experiences. So yeah. it's I could never do that if I just made it up in my head. The shit I make up in my head dissolves fast. Whereas the stuff I've really experienced in physical life actually mm-hmm. sticks and is can be a home for like an entire lecture that I can memorize word for word going through it once. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're also creating just a legitimate life memory when you're manifesting it in the real world. Like it, it it's, it's like, uh, the physical ritual itself becomes this, um, uh, what's what I'm looking for, like milestone or landmark in, in the timeline of your own life that really represents that transformation as well, which like you said, your thoughts dissolve quickly. So you could have one idea and then it fades away. And even if you wrote down that idea in your head or you tried to restructure it in your your head and write it down even that is kind of fading in a way mm-hmm. yeah because it's not really like a life experience yeah that's it that's it right it's just it's just a belief it's an imaginary experience and like mm-hmm. a belief is a poor substitute for an experience yeah yeah that's, so, a good, that's a good line belief is a poor substitute for real experience 
Yep. I learned that one from Tony Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. Nice. laughs> Everything I know comes from Tony Robbins. So, you know, if you're listening to me and you hear me say something profound, just credit Tony Robbins. That way I'll be safer in case he decides to <laughs> sue me one day. <laughs> just credit him for everything, you know? It all comes yeah. from the guru. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to let you guys get some Chipotle. I do got to get to these dishes now. But it, it's been a pleasure talking to you both. Yeah, and what a great metaphor for our entire conversation, just cleaning the dishes. Just cleaning the dishes. Was it Alan Watts who said, when in doubt, do the dishes? Oh, I love that. <laughs> I think oh. it might have been him. I'm not sure. Don't, don't quote me on who I'm quoting. But, I, you know, dude, we, that has been, I have a whole memory journey palace for quotes that just got added in there. You'll hear me <laughs> say that again. Sweet. When in doubt, do the dishes. That is brilliant it's so by the way uh, like literally that is one of the most cathartic experiences for me is doing the dishes oh it's huge and i mean you're you're just making the world a better place because you're doing the dishes and you get time to yourself to think it's just you just do the dishes well it's actually that's literally that metaphor is the reason why i went from writing like like tons and tons of screenplays when i was in middle school to writing poetry because with mm. writing a screenplay like for 120 pages, it takes a while to get from beginning to end. Whereas writing mm-hmm. a poem, it's like I could sit down and it's done. And doing mm-hmm. the dishes is like one of the only experiences in life where it's like I can have a goal and I could literally complete the entirety of that goal in one sitting. Yeah. yeah. It feels so good. It really does feel yeah, good. Yeah, I, I feel that. I'll, remind me to send you, I'll, I'll remind myself to, to send you some of the poetry I've been working on lately. Being in LA has been really good for that. Wow. Nice. All right. Yeah. I'm excited. All right. So go do those dishes. Vindicate us All and right. the rest of the humanity while you do it. And, <laughs> Sounds uh, good. It's nice talking to you both. Good, good talking good to you talking too. Thanks you. for being on the podcast. Absolutely. See you guys. All right. Love you. Bye. Love you too. We should do an outro. Bye. Hold on. Let's do, let's do an outro as opposed to just ending it because okay. we could actually post this. We're okay. If, post you've lis- if you've listened towards the end of this, Send me Red Robin, or send Mike Red Robin, <laughs> contact at integralfitness.org. You are a true champion. You're a champion of for your, I mean, all I can, it gets me so excited because there's probably one person out there. I think who there'll, listened. there'll definitely be at least one person. And and I consider that person a true champion. Like you, they're doing. You are a champion. Yeah, right? Like they they are so hungry to learn and to grow in their life that they were willing to risk like a few more minutes in order <laughs> sitting through a phone call <laughs> in order to like get something to get one gold nugget. And that's what it takes in my life. That's how I've gotten everything I've ever gotten is I was willing to risk like disappointment and failure for like one little piece of gold. And there might, they might've not risked too much. Like they could have just like thrown this on while they're doing the dishes. I'll just throw something on while I'm doing the dishes. That that sounds good. What if literally the person who is listening to this, the one person who's <laughs> doing, doing the dishes, <laughs> that would be a very synchronicitous moment. That would. That, they I think would I'm, have to email us. Oh, they would have to. Red Robin. They would, not only would they email us Red Robin, it would actually be a sign that they were on the right track. Yeah. That would be one, like, just like yesterday, where, like, I was like, all right, I'm going to end this video with, um... With, uh, with, I'm like that, that William Henry, uh, uh, whatever, um, uh, ah, ah, his name of like, uh, that, that, uh, the guy from Genesis, 
what's his name? Um, Phil Collins. Uh, no, what? Ah! No, now I feel like an idiot. I'm Tony like Robbins. It's Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. That basically, I know, and I know the, the whole poem too. That I'm the master of my fate. I'm the captain of my soul. Where like you had that pop up on your computer. Yeah. It's just like perfect I, synchronicity. I, I opened up Facebook, and I have a on. I have a Chrome extension that removes the Facebook news feed, so I don't have to get distracted when I open Facebook. And it replaces the newsfeed with a simple quote. And it was the exact quote that... Yeah, we that ended that then, thing yeah. yesterday. Where it's like, that was synchronicity. That's like one of those small signs to let us know we're on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. God, and that's what we said maybe earlier, where it's like, you know, it's really great to speak to the universe, but it's so much better when it speaks back. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I love that. So Red Robin is, is the universe speaking back to us. That's like us sort of like putting a message in a bottle and throwing it out to sea. And then us getting a letter in the mail, like, a month later from someone who found it. I know. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. Wow. So thank you for listening. If you are, if you are listening to this, thank you. And uh, we, plan on, we plan on making a lot more podcasts and diving into, like, what we're doing with Integral Fitness and uh, introducing you to more people who are in Integral Fitness. Because yeah. we've got some really awesome people who have really cool wisdom to share who are a part of the team. I want to get nostalgic for a second because... This could be around for a very long time because the internet doesn't really delete things. Yeah, I don't know when it would be deleted if it's on the internet. Well, I th- we might not keep it up forever. So I, th- I feel like the person who's listening to this, I, I feel almost teary-eyed when I say this, is is joining us for the ground floor of this new movement. And and they could be with us for a very long time, not just as like, like they might listen to this as a stranger, but they're going to become a friend really fast if they're involved this early. And And I don't think anyone in like, two to ten years from now is actually ever going to listen to this because it's going to be so buried in better content that we create. Yeah. Some people go to the beginning of podcasts and start from the beginning. It, it blows my mind. Some people, do, like, when they find a podcast, they go to the very first episode. Yeah, but we might delete this by that time because we might yeah, be so much true. more professional. And this is the first day that we've been recording podcasts. Wow. Th- this day. is a nostalgic moment because I want to, like, listen to this myself in ten years <laughs> and, and I want to give myself a message. Let's give ourselves some messages okay, for ten years. Okay, a ten-year ten message from now for ourselves. Oh, God. Ben, dude, you've come so far. Like, remember where you were at 10 years ago. Like, remember sort of what you were struggling with, what you didn't think was going to happen, and what you were skeptical about. And just notice how you have everything you want right now. (laughs) Literally, you did the work. You set up yourself for success. And you planned it all out. You had your map. And you just kept taking the steps. And that's why 10 years ago... You knew that you'd be where you are now. That's why you knew it in your heart and you believed in it. And now look at it. You manifested everything you ever wanted and you're living your dream life because you did the work for it. So I just want to say that speaking from, you know, 10 years ago, Ben, to uh, future Ben, that I really love you and I really <laughs> feel so good to say that I love you. <laughs> And, uh, and I know that you're receiving this and I know that you're hearing this and I know that you love me too. And I know that you appreciate where, where I was at or where I'm at or where you were at. And, um, (laughs) and I know that you're, you're going to be humble about that and you're not going to just assume that, that you had all the answers back then, but you really worked for them. So I thank you for your gratitude, your humility, 
and your <laughs> your willingness to step up. Much love, many blessings to you, and keep going. Yeah, that, I mean, hey Ben, ten years from now, good to good well, to good to talk to you. How good of friends are we gonna be ten uh, years we'll, from now? We'll be great friends. I don't see our friendship ever. What if we're living together? Like, what if like we have a house? It's like a wellness house, and we're literally living in the same see, house. That, I hope. I hope in ten years. Mike, 10 years from now, I hope that you are living with Ben and a few other people, maybe even like a little like conscious village somewhere. Mm-hmm. That would be so cool. I mean, I, I kind of hope you're listening to this like on a beach in Hawaii, you know, you're just enjoying your life. And I hope a lot of really fun things have happened in 10 years. I, I don't have a lot to say to myself in 10 years. It's like, I don't know who I'm going to be in 10 years. I don't, I don't know... I do have high hopes, high aspirations for myself in 10 years. Just just channel something. Because, like, there's something that you could say right now, kind of like Red Robin, which will miraculously come true in 10 years from now. All right, so I'm going to say, Mike, 10 years from now, so proud of you, so proud of what you've accomplished. And I love where you're at. Where you're at right now is perfect. It's exactly where you should be at. And you're surrounded by so many friends and so much love. And you've created so much good stuff out there. And you deserve it because you've worked really, really hard. And you are a champion. And I just want to say I'm proud of you. I just want to say I'm really proud of you. And Mike, 10 years from now, I love you. Mm, mm -hmm. You're great. Mm. I hope you love me too. Mm. <laughs> I think you will. Yeah. <laughs> and keep it up, because Mike, 10 years from then, 10 years from now, if you're listening to this in 10 years, 10 years from now, now. It's confusing. Is, is, yeah, it's going to be uh, It's gonna be just as good. Wow, 10 years, the world's going to be so oh, different. So just so to speak time. to the world in 10 years, we'll definitely have, so we'll have cars driving themselves in 10 years, easily. Cars driving around, Right now, cars don't drive themselves. They, we have Tesla Autopilot, which like kind of drives itself, but like the first person just got killed by it. Oh my God, seriously? Yeah. And still still lower uh, fatality rate than like normal cars, but I think 10 years from now, we will all be driving around in cars that pick us up with the press of a button. The internet is going to evolve. The last 10 years, the internet has evolved so much. Social, like Facebook just was sprouting up 10 years ago. 10 years from now? I think 10 years from now we'll have, like, eyeglasses that, like, the screens on our phone will seem kind of primitive. Like, you held a screen up to your eyes? Like, we'll just have screens on our eyeballs. Oh, my goodness. Hold on. Wait. There's something I need to read myself. Wow. Okay, hold on. Let me find this. Because one of the things that I realized as you were talking, and I did this too, is I think I need to give myself a really specific message so in 10 years from now, like, I know exactly what I mean, and I'm, and it's like, there's a sign here. Okay, so, um, don't worry, I'm almost done. Oh, okay, okay. So here, here's a poem that a few days ago I sent to, I posted on Facebook two years ago. So this 10 years from now would have been done 12 years ago. So, like, very relevant for this moment. And it's like one of the only poems that I'd ever posted on Facebook. And it was during a phase where I decided like I was going to start posting poetry because I was in a frenetic state two years ago in business. And one of my friends, Alex Bika, had just done his first Vipassana retreat. And he was in such a strong place of presence 
that when I sat with him, I was like talking business and I was only focused on achievement. And he was just so calm and so present that he basically like reset the bone of my heart. And it was such a profound experience of coming back home to myself in that moment that, um, that I wrote this poem about it. And, and yeah, and I'd never share my poetry. So like, this will be a very relevant thing to myself because I, we might be the two viewers, the only two viewers that listen <laughs> to this <laughs> in 10 years from now. So I'd want to remind myself of this because I think it'd be an important message for myself. So here's the poem. So wheeling in the widening gyre, the summer sets to bees whirling around the setting of a bone. I'm fastened to the feeling of a sledgehammer smashing against brick wall. Pop! The feeling coming home. Legs kicking, toes stretching for the floor. An anchor in the deep black velvet water. Forgetting to remember something treasured. We share. Forgetting to remember something treasured. We share. Mm. So, future Ben, remember that moment of setting the bone of your heart. Because it's going to lead you towards making a really, it's going to lead you in the right direction towards making a really important decision that's coming up in your life right now. And that's my message for you. Right on. How should we end this? Um, maybe we can give people something to look forward to. Okay, cool. Um, 10 years from now? (laughs) (laughs) look forward to yourself 10 years from now so many so many cool items from this by the way there's a great quote I gotta bring up it's a I think it's a Mark Twain quote where it's um, you know people oftentimes overestimate what they could get done in a day or a week or a month or a year and totally underestimate how much they can get done in 5 years or 10 years or 20 so future Ben eat that shit up yeah so a few things for people to look forward to. Uh, this is integral fitness. Right now we've, we're, we're in growth mode. We are, we're working on so many really cool things uh, that we haven't even launched yet. Like we have a coaching program that we haven't launched yet for people anywhere in the entire world to get an integral fitness coach to grow mind, body, soul, your emotions, business mind, like the entire spectrum. You'll have a personal coach. And we're actually, that's what we're building right now. That's why we're together today is to, is to finish that up. And we've got some more really fun things. I don't know if we should mention the, the thing we brainstormed yesterday because it's so new, but it's really, really exciting. I um, mentioned it. So it's, it's, uh, it's basically the eight pillars of Integral Fitness in a program. It's like an eight-week program. We get the best of the best, all of the gurus of the subjects of uh, body, mind, soul, business, all together recording. Basically, every single day, you can be upgrading something. And over an eight-week period, you will literally upgrade your entire being Mm -hmm. by having Mm -hmm. this program. And that was literally an idea so that exciting. appeared while Ben and I were just chilling in the backyard mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah. And uh, that's going to materialize soon. And that's going to be so cool because it's going to change so many lives. It's wow. going to help so many people. Oh my God. Yeah. We've got these yeah. awesome dinners. We had the second Conscious Family dinner a few weeks ago. We're going to have the third one soon. And that's every month just getting like a hundred conscious people together. Wow. wow. What if, what if 10 years from now we're still doing those? We would, if we did a monthly, wow. and it'll probably increase, we would have done 120. Wow. Imagine how many lives we could change 
if we had done 120 conscious family dinners. Wow. Fuck, that's powerful. Yeah. All we need to do to get to that point is just not stop. Yeah. You know, like, success is just oftentimes a result of hanging on the longest. Totally. I, I completely agree with that. Just holding on when things get tough, just keep pushing through and keep going. I mean, we so, can have... We can let's have, just commit right now. We yeah. just commit right now that we're going to do it. So when we listen to this in 10 years right from now, we knew that this was a moment that changed our lives. Because the last 24 hours, Mike, has been completely life-changing. My whole life has literally changed in the last 24 hours since getting together with you and recording these videos. It's been a setting of the bone of my heart. It's been a big release. It's mm-hmm. been a dream come true. I've told you how like these have been two of the happiest days of my life of just getting to fully express myself and like empty this cup of wisdom that's been that's been filled up in my heart for such a long time like years like a lifetime of studying and learning and now i get to receive in order to share cuz that was always the point in the first place like i didn't want it for myself i wanted i wanted to learn so i could give i wanted to fill so i could fill others wow that fills me with so much joy it makes me so happy oh god yeah i'm excited by that too it's like coming home it's yeah like coming home so i want to commit right now that I'm not going to stop doing these dinners so that 10 years from now when I listen to this, I could know that it, this was the moment that I decided that I absolutely committed that I was going to get to the point of having done 120 dinners, not because it mattered whether or not people showed up or they liked it or they liked me, but because if I stop, I'll never have been able to achieve that that vision of how many people I could have potentially helped if I just kept going. So I'm gonna write that story. <laughs> Rad. I'm on board. Cool. 120. Ten years from now. All right. And then John Ma just sent us something in the group text. This could uh, nice. be relevant, right? Yeah, now. read it. John- My soul had enough chicken soup. Now it wants chocolate. <laughs> okay. He, and he said integral fitness colon chocolate and chicken soup for my soul, which is so relevant because I feel like. Mark Victor Hansen, my mentor, wrote all the chicken soup for the soul books. Yeah. It's coming full circle. I've mentioned it many times. Oh, gosh. Wow. So, chocolate for the soul. Mm. Maybe that's like, maybe there's something here. I don't know. Yeah. But is it, 10 years from now, I'm going to know exactly what this text meant. Yeah. Probably eating chocolate. Wow. Just like somebody, just like the one person who's listening to this was doing the dishes. That's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I'm going to be eating chocolate 10 years from now when I get a reminder. I'm going to put it in my phone right now, 10 years from now. Can I even do that? In yeah, iPad? you totally can. Fuck, that's... It will sink in your calendar and that'll for sure pop up. How do I... You? That'll pop up on your eyeglasses in 10 years. 10 years from now is 2026. 2026, nice. Wait, what's the date today again? Uh, what is today? July 10th? I think so, yeah. Okay, so July... 10th, 2026. There's nothing in my calendar so far that day. Oh, nice. You're free. Oh, there are a few birthdays, though. Uh, whose birthdays? Um, Elijah Ray. Elijah Ray. It's going to be on a Friday. Nice. It's a good day of the week. Yeah, it's a good day to so celebrate. So watch the, or listen, I should say listen, listen to the first podcast you did with Mike in the car. This could be episode three because we recorded George two other Syrup. episodes today. Um, on July 10th, 2016. It's going to feel like, 2016 is going to feel like such a 
ant in the scheme of my life in 2026. You know what I mean? Like, I, I read this quote the other day that was so powerful to me. It was basically like the idea, like, you know, wherever you are in your, in the book of your life, like, turn the page. There's another chapter. Do you know what I mean? There's always another chapter coming. And in the moment, mm. it feels so real. It feels like that's the end of the book. Yeah. But the thing is, is that that's what makes a great story is it, there's always something else. There's always another level. And so the suspense is always high. Yeah. So let go of the past. Wow. Turn the page. Wow. But in this case, I'm going to be going back and I'm going to be rereading the book of my life. Yeah. If I go back. It's good to do that sometimes. It's yeah. good to do that. Yeah. Wow. Read okay. old journal entries. Cool. I just added that in. I've learned so much from reading old journal entries. Wait. I hardly ever go back. That's the thing. It's really interesting. It's it's tough to go back. It's like, I don't know why. It's just tough to like set a time aside to reread old journal entries. Every now and then I do, and it's just really rewarding. Sometimes I set that on like the firsts of the year. Mm, yeah, I do that over New Year's. Yeah. It's like, that's a I practice love New mind. Year's. Or I, I like I look for I look for those life those like calendar changing opportunities. So like my birthday's like that, mm, yeah. New Year's is like that. There are a few times a year that are like solely devoted to self reflection reflection. I don't like seeing anybody. I like going into myself. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Like I'm it's almost like doing an archaeology of the self. Like I dig up my old journals and yeah. I like explore like who has been during this time. Man, and like, so I've been I've been uh, I've been working out recently, and I've I've been exercising consistently. We're still going. Like, it, it, by the way, we're gonna have to have a new code word now. If somebody actually listened this far, <laughs> Blue Robin. Blue Robin, nice. So it'd be Red Robin and then Blue Robin. So we're gonna get the Red Robin people who like thought that they were really clever for like skipping towards the middle. <laughs> <laughs> And then we're going to get the Blue Robin people who knew, like, to stay till the very end. And, uh, an hour, 12 in. I hope we get someone in here. I mean, if not, it's, this is fun. Yeah. It's fun just, ch- just talking. So I've been working out consistently for the last three months or so. And that's the most I've consistently been working out in a long time. And I'm really proud of myself. And one of the thank you. One of the reasons why I'm doing this is because I looked, I read old journal entries from like five, six, seven years ago, and I'm like, I want to work out. Like, I want to exercise. I feel like I exercise like my life would be better. And I like flip forward a couple years, and I'm like, I really need to work out. And I read those just thinking like, that's like six years ago that I was trying. To, if I had consistently worked out six years ago where would I be right now? Mm, yeah, right? Like, just the one versus zero. You exactly. just put a day in. Exactly. I mean, so, a minute in. Yeah, and that that alone was just, it pushed me to, to, to do it. Just looking back and recognizing the fact that I've wanted to do it for so long and didn't pull the trigger. Mm, mm. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to upgrade. Ooh, it's like that Martin Luther quote, how soon not now becomes not ever. Yep. If you don't do it now, you don't do it ever. It's like we were talking about doing a podcast and today we were talking about, let's do a podcast. And we are like, all right. We no, were listening to Wayne Dyer and that was really interesting. I like, I wanted you to hear his story because it was so powerful. And, and I got it like, <laughs> like a real moment right now. I was, I was like, I was really torn because I was like, ah, oh, do we really want to do this right now? I was like, ah, oh, God. The podcast? Yeah, and I and I was like, okay, let's do it now because that voice came up in me that was like the, you know, not now voice. And I was like, okay. 
If it's not now, it must be now. Yep. Yep. So, so many things happen, like actually happen in my life. When I choose to do it, I say, I want to do that. And then I do it right now. Wow. I hope the one person who's red robining and blue birding (laughs) us, like, let's make this even better. Okay. Uh, Like let's up the stakes a bit. So if you've listened this far, I want you to choose one thing that you've been putting off, you've been delaying that you're going to do right now. Like literally stopping everything to go do that thing. Yeah. And and do that thing, do it right now, and then email us. Yes. Put yes. Red Robin, Blue Robin, and the and the thing that, that you, you did. did. And uh, and and here's like a bit of of help, helpful advice that I've applied in my own life to doing that thing because if you treat it like like something big and you try to do you try to eat the whole elephant, you're gonna get indigestion, and you're also gonna get afraid, and you're gonna back off, and you might not do it. But instead, if you treat it like a cold bath, quickly in, quickly out. So like the second part that I didn't tell George about the one versus zero is like it's quickly in, quickly out, like a cold bath, Mm -hmm. because it's the same principle. But if you have one versus zero and you miss quickly in, quickly out, then you then you end up doing like one and the one turns into 100 and it gets overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So just one versus zero, quickly in, quickly out. And uh, whether or not it's like saying something to a person or exercising or whatever it is, like if it's exercise, do one push up. That's it. Just do one push up quickly and quickly out. You're done. Yeah. That's all you needed to do. And you built momentum for yourself yeah. that will carry you through the rest of your life. You do one push up. Anyone can do one push up a day. Wow. And then you do two push ups a day. And that's easy too. You get up to five. That's simple. And next thing you know, you've got like strong arms. You're working out consistently. Maybe you've added running in there, you've added sit ups. And th- this is what I think is, is what's so brilliant about integral fitness is that everyone understands physical fitness, right? Like the metaphor that we just went to was physical fitness, but the the emotional fitness counterpart to that, or like the environmental communication fitness counterpart of that is like, go, like if you need to have a deep, important conversation with someone, like the one push up example is just like sending them a text message right now. Don't try to call them. Just like send them a quick text message that just like has one word in it or one emoji, right? Get the conversation started and like it will, it will like, like what we were talking about earlier, like if you get that inch, if you start pulling that inch out and you Mm. trust yourself and you just follow it all the way through, you push that arrow through, you pull out the thorn, whatever metaphor you want to use, it will resolve itself in a way that will be just a giant cathartic release for you. Like you'll get what you want. Yeah. I promise you that. The emoji text message. It's just a single emoji. Right? It's like that's like yeah, doing one push up. You don't need to even go through the whole conversation. Yeah. You started the ball rolling. Yeah, start that ball rolling. Be doing, not want to be doing. Mm, wow. I'd be a doer, not a want to doer. Yeah. I feel like we could work on that quote. Be a doer, not a not a wanter. Donor. Not a donter. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like the like, oh, I want to, I want to. It's like, no, that wanting to do it, being in the mindset of like, yeah, I really want to, is actually not doing it. Yep. It's the same thing as saying, I'm not doing it. Well, it's like Yoda's quote. There is no um, try. Do or do not. There is no try Boom. or something like that. That's it, yeah. Right? So many people are like, I'm trying to do this in my life, but they're not. They're just not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. And like one push-up. <laughs> do it. Just do it. If you want to exercise, do one push-up. Wow. Be a doer. Yeah, be a doer. Be a doer. Or clean one dish, you know? Clean one dish. <laughs> 
one dish. That's it, right? That, that's actually such great advice. It's like, when I don't want to do something, yeah, I don't want to do dishes, so I'll just clean one dish. And I realized that was actually pretty easy. I just I just cleaned one dish, and I'll clean another one. Next thing you know, they're all clean. Mm-hmm. Trick yourself. Trick yourself into, into com- accomplishing something huge by just starting with something small. And, you know, if all else fails, do the dishes. If all else fails, do the dishes. I think with that, we should end this podcast. Yeah, I think that feels like a good gulp of juice. Wow, this is a solid hour 20 podcast. This is the biggest podcast yet. And what if we combine them all? I think we should do them separate because they're different people. Okay. And by the way, if you really want to track what we're doing with Integral Fitness and the birth of this thing... This is such a real conversation. Like you just heard a decision we just made that could influence like the future of this organization. Yeah. Right? Like we just made a decision on this podcast because we have no idea what we're doing. And like the decision was we're going to break them up and we're going to release three and not just one. Yeah. And I feel like if somebody wants to join this journey with us, like we're really opening the doors for them to give their input and help us. Oh, please email us and give your input and, and, and talk to us. Like it's all about connection. It's all about community. I feel like if we really do have a red blue Robin here, like they're going to be so in. Yeah. It will be our friends for life. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Whoever you are, red blue Robin. We love you. And, uh, and thank you for being on this journey with us because you know, it's kind of like a dance, right? Like there's no way for us to have done this dance without you. (laughs) (laughs) And you might think that you were there silently sitting and, and observing what was happening and learning. But in truth, you're the one who actually contributed to this and made it happen. So, so take that in that, you know, that who you are makes a difference and that we, we couldn't have had this conversation without you being there to listen to it. It's like if a tree falls in a woods and no one's around to listen, does it make a sound? Yeah. Like if, if, uh, two guys get in a car to make a podcast and nobody listens to it, (laughs) did it exist? Yeah. (laughs) And now it's just digital ones and zeros not yeah, to listen to us. Exactly, exactly. You brought the spirit to the uh, the software. There's no pod. It's just a cast. Yeah, whoa, whoa. Okay, I know when I breathe it in like that, that means like I got, I'm complete, I'm quenched. So I hope you got the juice from this. And I think that might be the name of this podcast. We were discussing that. It's like the Integral Fitness Podcast, but like the tagline is get the juice. So, um, I hope you got the juice from this and much love, many blessings. And now we're going to go get some Chipotle. All right. Peace love you. Love. Good morning.